Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. And I am sitting here in the luxurious corner booth, the mm. not-so-luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, along with one of my good friends and always co-host, sidekick, wingman, Tom Doran. Yes, sir. I'm so happy to have you here. It's great that so you're... So glad uh, to be here. Thank you. It's it's a good thing. we've. Uh, this is our 50th year of broadcasting. <laughs> well, I just said that. It's not true. It's only like five or six, yeah, but, but it feels like 50. That's right. <laughs> that's a bad... Never say that to your wife, by the way, if you're talking about an anniversary. But oh, I know. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, so we thought we'd talk about a fun topic. All the topics are fun. Yeah, losing salvation. This might be funner. <laughs> losing grace, losing salvation. Yeah, that's a fun topic. thought that'd topic. be, you know, nice and chipper topic. <laughs> but, you know, it's an interesting uh, question. A lot of people have had that discussion especially with catholics people who are not catholic in the south yeah our separated brothers and sisters who will just want to ask us that question wouldn't you like to know that you're going to heaven today yeah if you just uh if you know if you would you like to know that yes or no i mean and you think yeah heck yeah right next thing you know you're saying a prayer and then you're going to some baptist church you didn't know existed and you're getting dunked and you're thinking i thought i was catholic but now now, I'm not making light of that kind of thing. It just happens that a lot of people are concerned about this idea of losing salvation. Right. Right. Well, if you have it, if you've been saved, mm-hmm. how is it that you could be unsaved? Because, you know, what is the Catholic teaching about that? Right. And so we're going to talk about that. And actually, I want to reframe the discussion. Instead of talking specifically about using the word salvation, I actually want to use the word grace today. Okay. So the question is, can you lose grace? Can you be out of grace? Can you why is that, by the way? You're why use is a that? different word. Well, because I think grace is what, what fuels salvation. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to look at salvation and talk about salvation, it's, uh, it's kind of like saying, are you a, a millionaire? Well, how do you become a millionaire? Well, first you get all this money. Exactly. The money fuels the millionaireness, or whatever. Right. Is that a word? <laughs> it, it is, is now. now. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Put that in the Catholic Cafe Dictionary. And so that was funner. I, I think having salvation... Right is a great thing, uh, and it's what we all—it's what we live for. It's why we're on this earth. It is indeed right for for salvation, and to, to live in uh, all eternity in in God's um, presence, right mm-hmm. in heaven. How wonderful that would be! And, but what fuels that? What makes that possible? Is this thing called grace, right? And so the question is: Can you lose grace? Can you can you not have grace? And so, because you cannot go to heaven without grace, this is this is the truth. I think right. everyone would believe or agree. If you're a Christian, you, read it, you realize it's by God's grace that you go to heaven. It's you, totally you, right. You can't go to heaven. You can't build a ladder. Right. You, know, you can't pray a bunch of rosaries. You can't bake really good brownies or whatever you would do. Walk an old lady across the street. Right. I'm sorry, a, a seasoned citizen across the street. <laughs> right. We have to be politically correct nowadays. You're on a roll today. I know. I'm trying, but the thing is, you know, there's. It's only by God's grace. Totally, that you're we right. get by. So it's like then let's let's look at that. Can you lose grace? Can you be outside of grace? Can you can you have grace and then lose it? Can you can you throw it away? Yes. Well, that you know, a Catholic gonna, would say yes. We're going to answer the question, but I, before we answer Man, that question, of us, that's okay. I'm so sorry. You're always thinking light years ahead. Yeah, right. The answer is yes, but that's not the point. Okay. 
You're right. I, I want to confirm that for all those who now want to turn off the radio. That's your business. Go right ahead. <laughs> Find something better. Yeah, there's right. like a Helen Reddy song over on Channel 32. <laughs> Please go there. So, no. Uh, so, but, but before we decide whether we can lose it, I think it's good that we define it and, and know what yeah. it is. Yes. Right? We need to answer that basic question, what is grace? Yes. Right? And so, um, the, I mean, the first thing I would say is a, a way to look at it is the supernatural love of God. Yeah. Right? We know that, that God the Father loved God the Son with such great intensity, and God the Son loved God the Father with such great intensity, but out of that love spirates the God the Holy Spirit. Right. Right? So spirates, we see the Holy Spirit. And so this is, it, this is all love, and so it's love is that sort of... Um, that cr- that that creation that comes from God. God breathes love. He exudes mm-hmm. love. He is love. Yep. Right. And so, in that sense, then grace, which comes from Him, would be that love that just showers down upon us. Right. Right. And so, it's good for us to know that it's it's, it's supernatural. It's not like you can put it in a. You can't go to uh, you know uh, Target or Walmart and buy a can of grace. Yeah. There's right? no aisle for that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so you can't go there buy it. Uh, but you can experience it, and you can experience it at, at Target and Walmart. By the way, you know you experience God's grace there. But but grace is like sort of the language of God, yes. and it allows us to know Him. Yeah, right. You you can't really get to know Him unless you you understand His language and and how He breathes and how how He breathes into us His Spirit. You know, it comes to us through grace. Right. It allows us to participate in the divine life of God. Which is very special. Mm-hmm. And it's very unique, and it only comes to us through through grace. Um, it also it's it sort of the things that we do in life. We do that we do good deal deeds and things things acts out of love or whatever. It's, sure, it's what purposes and empowers those things. Oh yeah, grace is what's behind all of that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will call it like sort of a supernatural fuel, mm-hmm. right? It's what it what gives us that that gumption to go out and just to to be love to love each other. Right. Right. So grace, grace is that great thing. And of course, in that process, mm-hmm. in that process, then it breathes life into that process. Mm-hmm. And so it's really life giving. Grace gives life. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, that would mean it's the lifeblood of God. And, and that's what he shed on the cross. And that's what he shares in our lives every day. Right. That's what showers down uh, up, upon us. And we didn't do anything to deserve it. Although you've done many things to deserve it, Tom. But thank you. Yeah, but it's a free like gift. Like being the coach with you? Yeah, exactly right. Because <laughs> that takes a lot. That's like you're in purgatory. That, that'll be edited, I'm sure. No, no, no. We're not going to edit that. We're going to let that one go. <laughs> you know, i, I got to be honest with you. It's so beautiful to know that, that grace is a free gift. Oh, that's big. We can't earn it. There's nothing we can do to get it. Right. Right. Or, or to deserve it, I should say. Right. Because we don't deserve it. We've, right. In fact, we've done everything not to deserve it. Right. But there are things we can do to get it. We can increase grace in our life by being open to it. But the reality is... It's uh, something that uh, is given freely. In fact, it's given so freely mm-hmm. that it really just pours out of the sky, out of the heavens, like rain. It's like a deluge of love. It just grace just pours over it's us. Good stuff. Yeah, and and uh, it's something that is uh, free flowing and constantly flowing from God. Mm-hmm. So you look at that and say, okay, now I know what grace is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there's also, you can go on to like New Advent or one of these websites or go somewhere and find some very deep theological, technological, you know, whatever a logical um, <laughs> definition. Mm-hmm. And it might be different than that. But really, that, I think that touches, you know, what we can experience in grace and, and how we define grace and how we, are, we come to know grace in our life. 
um, and how it's revealed to us, uh, sort of in a, in a very casual but in a nutshell kind of a way. Mm-hmm. So th- the question then becomes, okay, I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. How do I get it? Mm-hmm. Where does grace come from? Right. Well, I'm sorry. We know its origin, but wh- wh- where, is the, wh- where is the store that I go and buy it? Right. How do I get some of this grace? Give us the aisle. Yeah, well, the, here's the aisle. Mm-hmm. The aisle. There's a couple of aisles. There are. Right? There's the, there's the aisle where you would see, um, you know, baptism. Let's start at baptism. Mm-hmm. And we would know that through baptism, being that first sacrament, mm-hmm. um, that we are, in, we are imbued, we are filled with God's grace right. at that moment. Right. At the moment of baptism, God's grace just pours into our souls, into our hearts, into our bodies, into our minds, into our very spirits. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that that comes from God and it flows like rain, mm-hmm. you know, for us little babies that were baptized, you know, in the Catholic tradition of the pouring at the baptismal font, you know, little droplets of water just rushing across the, the forehead. But for some who have been baptized, you know, with full immersion or even uh, sprinkling, just that water has poured over us, the waters of baptism that's, have, that are saving us, that have saved us, that will save us. Right. Those waters are filled with grace. That's mm-hmm. God's life. Mm-hmm. pouring over us the very life that he poured out for us right right on the cross so first Beautiful. we receive that in in baptism but really in all of the sacraments absolutely right and so in in this sacramental grace mm-hmm. uh you might call that like a habitual grace mm-hmm. you know a habitual grace. you know people talk about habits right in terms of like things that you do but it's really not that. A habit is really something that you, uh, an environment. It comes from the Latin habitus, which mm-hmm. is like where you find yourself. Right. Right? Like a nun wears a habit. Right. And if you have good habits, they are what define you. You, you do them because they become part of you. Mm-hmm. Right? So habitual grace would be something that became part of you, that mm-hmm. was infused into your soul, breathed into your soul by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the sacraments, right, and especially baptism, which is like sort of that key that opens the door to all the sacraments and opens the door to grace, right? It does. And so then we have uh, another uh, way to look at grace, and that is through acts mm-hmm. that we do, mm-hmm. right? Things that I shouldn't say just we do; they're acts that God does. Mm-hmm. They are acts that we do, and acts that others do for us. Mm-hmm. And we look at those at, at moments where maybe God intervenes in our life again and gives us a little something, a little help, a little aid, a little assistance, where people who acting through the love of God in our lives will do something good for us or will do good something for them. And so these acts then bring God's grace because they, they bring that lifeblood, that life-giving force of God. Right. Right. The, the truth, the love, the mercy of God comes alive in you through that. Uh, through that uh, through that act, sure, and it's when we need it. God sends that when we need it. Now, I want to be clear, though. I want to clear something up. That some people have come to know grace as being a force, and I used the word force a second, but uh, ago. But I don't want to. I don't like that. I want to reco- re- re- reclaim that word and take it back. Okay. I don't like to see grace as a force because a lot of people think grace is like something that's like electricity, kind of, and they'll even put Holy Spirit in this group. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit, like Spirit and grace, are like these things, sort of like like electrical field that you mm-hmm. whatever. Instead, I, I just like seeing the lifeblood of God, mm-hmm. that which that supernatural, um, that supernatural thing that that gives us purpose and meaning and gives us drive and and makes us feel part of a family mm-hmm. and makes us feel loved and then we share that with others. Right, and that's grace. I mean, it's, it's the good favor of God. 
Right. You know, in Spanish, when you say thank you, what do you say? Gracias. Gracias. Right. It comes from grace. Right. Right. It's a favor. You know, you're given a favor mm. and God gives us his favor. Right. So it's not a force. It's a favor. Right. It's a, it has an intention. It's yeah. not something that just he pours it out like rain over an abundance over us, you know, in hopes that we'll receive it. Beautiful stuff. Right. But but it's not something that, you know, um, uh, that's in doses that we get electrified with it. This is, now it causes us to do something. Right. It's it's more of something that transforms us and changes right. us and helps us to be more like God. So then we get that question of can we lose it? Right. Now, this is the part of the show where I like to stop and say, you know, it's a big question. Can we lose this grace? Can we have the grace and then we lose it? Or can we never get it? And you're going to leave us hanging, aren't you? That's exactly what I'm going to do. And you know what? When we come back, I'm going to tell everybody what your notes say. I okay. think your notes are hysterical. Okay. All right. We'll do that. I mean, they're spot on, but they're hysterical. <laughs> Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a, a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Mm-hmm. Also, send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original twelve apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church, the heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, He was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captors stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace they finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. 
I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And by God's grace, we are back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. That's right, keeping the theme alive here. You're good, man. You're good. The lifeblood of our lives is grace. It is. And so can you lose it? Can you lose grace? I remember having a conversation one time with one of my, a uh, couple of my Protestant friends. And this is when I had sort of fallen away from the Catholic Church. And one day I'll tell that story. Uh, but, uh, you know, I left the Catholic Church, born and raised. You haven't told that on the show. I don't believe we have. And so it's, it's a much longer. It's a good story. Yeah, it'd be like six episodes. But anyway, all that aside, <laughs> um, you know, I remember one of the, um, the young sort of newbie Christians, right, was talking to the older Christian who had also been mentoring me. And we were sitting there, and, um, and, uh, and she asked, you know, can you lose grace? Can grace be lost? And I remember his answer was like, it was very long. It took like 20 minutes. And, uh, and, and I just thought about reason and thought, you know, actually, I, I think, you know, you can't lose grace because grace is always there, but you can choose not to accept it. Yeah. It's like, oh. Hmm. Now, I never thought about that again, but I did stop and think, um, well, you know, as I look, reflect on what my answer would be to someone saying, can, I, can you ever lose salvation? Can you lose grace? Mm-hmm. Then it's like I, that that little thought in my mind there came back into play. But before I do that, I got to find out what on my little notes. Oh, it's great. That really just lit your fire. Well, I, you know, I'm easily entertained. I understand. Yeah. So the notes say yes, dot, 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 and no, dot, 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 and yes. That's my answer to <laughs> can you lose grace? <laughs> Don't you like it when I cover all my bases? I love it. But yeah. there's two yeses and only one no. So it leans politician. towards yes. You'd be a great politician. <laughs> Because the answer is, can we lose grace? Yes. And really, I would also say, can we lose salvation? The answer is yes, yes. and no, and yes. Because it, it takes more than, it's not a black and white yes or no answer. And I know that disappoints a lot of people. But once I explain, I think I think it will become for you, oh, clear, crystal clear. Yeah. The way I saw it. You know, and I, I remember it's sometimes. Is it the way you see it or the way the church sees it? This, I think the way I see it is the way the church sees it. We'll yeah. say it that way. And and I know every once in a while I'll make these kind of off-the-wall comments. And mm-hmm. I know you're kind of like, where did that come from? I love them. And I made one that night when I was talking to my, They're called uh, my, two, my two Protestant friends. Should we share some of them? No. Okay. I, so I was talking to my two Protestant friends, mm-hmm. you know, about can you lose grace? And she said, well, can you lose grace? And, and, I, and I, he gave his long answer. And my answer was. It was 20 minutes long, too. It was long. It was very involved. Yeah. You know, it may have been two minutes, but it was long. Right. You know, right? It was something that made me, you know, want to cut to, go. to the chase. Yeah, yeah. I, and my answer was simply this: I said, you know, grace is like Kentucky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and they're looking at me like, "What planet did you just land on?" I know you're a new Christian and everything, born again and all this stuff, but I just don't know where you got that. But my reasoning was, no, in the sense that grace is always there. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is always there, but you don't have to go there. Right. <laughs> so in that sense, you know, grace is there. Now, where I was erroneous is that Kentucky doesn't fall over us like rain. You right. know? <laughs> so I didn't think my little idea through. And I know it's kind of bizarre. But the concept there is, is a lot of still, jokes in there, man. Can, yeah, we're, we don't, have we don't need to go there. This is a short show. Right, right. right. We don't want to do that. Yeah. But we do need to sort of like <laughs> stop and think, what does it come down to? Why would it be yes and no? Mm-hmm. Because grace really, 
it involves our free will. Mm-hmm. God gave us free will. Mm-hmm. We have the freedom to choose. Right? We have to be able to choose yes God or no God. Right. I want you or I don't want you. It's a choice. Otherwise it'd be, you know, holding the gun up to our head and Yes, saying, I want your free gift. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly right. I don't want your free gift. Right. Now even after we accept it, mm-hmm. we can also turn away from it. Mm-hmm. We always have free will. It never goes away. Even when we accept God's love, even we are, quote unquote, saved. Mm-hmm. Now, a Protestant might say, oh, no, but you are now firmly in the grasp of, you know, the saving blood of Jesus Christ and covered and you can never be and you cannot overpower God. And God's holding you tight. That's exactly what they would say. That's exactly right. And what I would say then is then then God is now um, you would say protecting you. And I would say, you know what? He's taken away my free will. Because if the purpose of life is to come to know him right, and to, to prepare myself for heaven, in heaven is when I want that firm grasp. Right. Right? Can you lose salvation in heaven? No. Because you're in heaven. Right. It cannot be lost because you are there. You're, you're, you've been totally, one, fully 100% transformed. Right. Now you are saved. Right? But can you lose it now? God wants you to choose him constantly. Uh, Saint, uh, Pope St. John Paul II said that we were in a state of, con- of, of constant um, uh, change and transformation, mm-hmm. ongoing conversion. We are continually growing closer and closer to Christ. To do that necessarily means that we have to have the free will to choose not to grow closer to him. Right. So even once we've professed our love for Jesus and asked him to be the Lord and Savior of our life, mm-hmm. we still, with God's grace have the right to refuse his grace. We can still hold that umbrella up over our heads and not be soaked by God's reign mm-hmm. of grace. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that free will is important. Mm-hmm. And that's the part as a Catholic. I, I always want to have that, which means grace is always there. Mm-hmm. So no, you can't quit grace. You can't end grace. You can't stop grace, but you can refuse it. Right. You can cancel your contract. You can, you can, re- you can say, I don't want to be part of this covenant. Right. God's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know that's made clear to us in a couple of places in Scripture. I want to read through real quick okay. to get that uh, to sort of bring it home because Scriptures always help us, and then um, and, and certainly uh, you know the Scriptures are going to uh, lead us closer to God, and they would always be speaking the truth. We believe every word in the Bible is true as a Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Catholics gave the world the Bible, so we should we should also believe what we gave them, right? Right. And so and when I look at the second uh, letter of Saint Paul to uh, to Timothy. Right, and I, I look at this letter, and I go to the, the second chapter, mm-hmm. and starting at verse 12, we read these things. It says, but if we deny him, he will deny us. Ooh, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's free will. Mm-hmm. Right? We can choose not to love God, and he will respect that. He will deny us. Right. If we deny him, he will deny us. Right. Right? You think, well, wait, God's supposed to be all love. He's just respecting us. Out of a, as a loving parent, he's respecting our choice not to be loved, right? Which is a sad choice, but he's respecting it. Mm-hmm. So if we deny him, he will deny us, mm-hmm. right? And also deny us entry into heaven. It's like, dude, if you didn't want to be here, why are you acting like you did to now? You spent your whole life not wanting to be here, right? And you made your final choices in life and said, I don't want to be there. Well, I'm gonna have to deny you. The door's shut, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Very sad. But then the, that verse on verse 13 is very powerful. It says, if we are unfaithful, which we as humans tend to be, breaking covenants and all, he remains faithful, mm-hmm. for he cannot deny himself. In other words, he can't change who he is. He is all love. So he is always there. Mm-hmm. And how is he always there? One of the ways is through grace. 
mm-hmm. right? He is always showering grace, mm-hmm. and it's us to, uh, up to us to accept it. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy in life, man. We carve out all these reasons why we don't want to be getting wet. We carve right. out all these reasons why we don't need God's grace or God's help, and we, we, we pray to him in good times or pray to him in bad times, but forget about him in the good. Sure. A lot, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to remain faithful to God. Right. Because we're so poor at things like that. We oh, yeah. We tend to be drawn to sin. Yeah. And yet knowing that that grace is always flowing, that grace is always there, it's like come to the river. Mm-hmm. You know, come on down here and, and drink of the water of, of, that will cause you never to thirst again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, the living water, that's what I want. Right. Well, that's God's grace. Mm-hmm. But we can deny that. We can turn our backs on it. You know, the scriptures also tell us of times where people would would be saved, essentially, would know, have the knowledge of the faith, who have accepted it and lived in it, and then deny it. What mm-hmm. happens? And there's several of them, but I would look at the St. Paul in particular. You know, you look at St. Paul, and everyone say, yeah, he's saved. Right. He was saved. He knew he was saved, going oh, around yeah. preaching the gospel. The man was saved. Yeah. St. Paul himself said he wasn't saved. But look what he says to the Corinthians in his first letter to them in the fourth chapter. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then every man will receive his commendation from God. Mm-hmm. See, it's not until Jesus comes back. not until the judgment that you know that you're saved. Right. That's what he's saying. But here's a really good one. When he wrote the Philippians in the third chapter, uh, starting at verse 10, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He, he, he says specifically, not that I have already attained this or am already perfect. Right. He's saying I'm not saved. Mm-hmm. And he says that I may attain salvation. So we have to be clear that we always need to have that free will. Yeah. God wants us always to choose him. He keeps pouring his grace upon us. He keeps, keeps pouring us. Can, can we lose grace? We can only refuse grace. Right. We can never lose it in the sense that uh, stop it from falling. Right. You can't stop the rain, brother. It's going to rain whether you like it or not. Right. What you have to decide is whether you want to get wet. Yep. And that's what we need to do as, as, as Christians is know that God is calling us to get wet. Yep. To be transformed, to, to live in his love, and to live a life of grace. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we attain salvation, through the gift of his grace. That's the only way that we're going to heaven is through grace right. that we accept out of love, openly, and freely. Right. Tell you what, let's say a prayer to close out the show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you in your eternal mercy to guide us lovingly to yourself. Help us to receive openly your gift of grace, which falls upon us like rain from heaven. Let this rain of grace soak into our hearts and transform us into the children you wish us to be. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.